Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate this this is joe cole this is ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the london London is blue Blue Podcast. podcast All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Uh, as always, your host, Brandon Dromack, co-host Nick and Dan. Gentlemen, we've got a new Castle match review, a Monday match review. Definitely my least favorite of them all, Dan. A President's Day match review. So if you had the day off, it was maybe, you know, you got an opportunity to not have to put in a work excuse or block out a calendar meeting. But I think also, um, you know, before we get too deep into this, Nick, uh, we've got a lot of Blues who maybe are without power right now in Texas and, and other areas right now who are struggling with the winter conditions and uh, just you know thoughts for everybody who's struggling at the moment yeah uh currently feels like negative 19 here <clears throat> and i know brandon has it worse than i do uh and <clears throat> yeah we're gonna be doing rolling blackouts over the next couple of days it sounds like so uh no fun no fun at all I- i'm hopeful that this is the last uh last blast of winter I'm rearing its ugly head brandon and hopefully we're able to move on to spring after this so i'm blessed that I have this opportunity. I'm over it. Elizabeth and I, we're going to Florida in two weeks. Like, I'm done. Like, it is negative 20 for the fourth day in a row. Like, I've hit my breaking point. So off we go. Uh, Minnesota seasonal depression is in high effect. But I can sadly say uh, one of the worst Twitter threads that we had, but one of my most engaging was posting a screenshot of Nick, their weather there, I trying to one up you, and then I repeatedly got one upped by other people. And I think South Dakota, Montana was wild, but then someone out of nowhere in Canada had about a negative forty three air temperature, to which is no, unfathomable. No, thank you. No, thank no. you. I will pass on that. Thank you. You have to be careful. Uh, so for all of you out there, it's I've got everything I need to stay warm here. I think it's our people, our friends in the the southern half of the United States, mm-hmm. Nick and below, that do not maybe have all of the appropriate clothing or the infrastructure to deal with it. This is when it gets scary. So uh, I appreciate uh, Dan throwing it out there. Um, your snowman was weak, Dan. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it, it wasn't great. You know, we got in on day two and the snow was not as nice for the packing. Hey, it's all right. I appreciate you guys embracing it. So uh, be safe. Help someone out if you can. Um, 
that's what we're doing up here as best we can. So anyways, uh, we've got a lot to talk about, really. We've got Timon Drew banging in the goals today. Uh, just strikers in the form of their life. Super excited to hear Nick's take on that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll obviously be talking about one midfielder who had an exceptional night out. Give him a little bit of love. And then our takeaways from Tuchel's unbeaten run. And then don't think you're getting away without our newly cemented segment, the Chelsea women, because they're continuing to dominate. Oh, and by the way, player of the month, Francesca Kirby in your face. Embrace it. So, Dan, before we get to all that, got to kick it off with the three-word match review. Run us through this, oh, fearless leader. Well, we got a couple of really good ones here. Obviously, uh, no surprise, VAR was a controversy yet again. So, Caden with the VAR's day off with the uh, Bueller, Bueller uh, type of gif associated with it as well. You had... Jeremy with the VAR very arbitrary rules, which absolutely was yep. uh, in effect today. If you were LaSalle's, you definitely did not get charged for tackles. He almost had a hat trick of non-called penalty tackle and challenges. Uh, he had, he was on two. He was riding that third one. Um, a couple of Timo tributes. Uh, Phila with Timo to fourth. It, uh, but the number two, so it was like Fast and the Furious 2. Really appreciate that one. Ryan Blues with the Timo Tasted Blood. Uh, John with the Timo Thwarts Tunes. Uh, Jason with the Bloodshed Yields Goals. I mean, obviously, it was the that was the spark, clearly. Uh, angry Timo gets you goals, right? Uh, Joe Tweeds, uh, contributor to the London is Blue Plus offering in the form of the King's Road newsletter and the upcoming King Road podcast with the Rudiger's Rebels Rise, mm-hmm. <laughs> because this is maybe the Island of Misfit Toys 11. And then uh, Keppa with a uh, Keppa tribute from Bill of Rights with the Kepta clean sheet. Mm. But he put the T in parentheses so that you were maybe kind of not going to pay attention to it. <laughs> Kept a clean sheet, man. Man, oh man. Uh, I want lingering lineup questions. You'd think that normally I'd be all full of praise, but I still am not 100% thrilled about where we're at with our personnel. Uh, Dan, you had something. Never mind. I misread it. So I'm going to let you just present it. Turns out you're better at your three word match review than I am. Well, look, you know, I, I work in tech, and uh, sometimes when something isn't working right, you give it a reboot and it works better. Uh, so Tuchel, or Tuchel reboots Werner. Yeah. Did you get, did you turn it off? On. Have have you restarted it? <laughs> have Thank you tried you. turning it off and on again? <laughs> Thank you, IT. So you just just restarted Werner. Yeah. All right. I like it. it Nick, might be more of a patch, you know. I, I don't know. <laughs> Re- reboot might be a little too harsh. All right, Nick. Over to you. Shot conversion needed. <laughs> Amen. Are these tied? Tied tied together? Uh, perhaps. Perhaps we'll get into it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It was a lively group chat today on the old WhatsApp. And uh, I think a lot of that will shine through in this one. So uh, anyways, mm-hmm. before we get in the match review, you know, we always do gratitudes and housekeeping. Good luck uh, to myself on this one. Our Patreon has absolutely exploded largely due to Joe Tweeds, one of uh, probably our, our number one guests that we've had. Uh, check his Twitter bio. He has officially joined the team. All right. He is London Blue Potted himself, and uh, he's now writing a weekly newsletter called the King's Road Newsletter. Uh, and then he even does, he answers some questions, he does a mailbag. And so that first mailbag will go out tomorrow, and he only takes questions from Discord. 
So here's a lot of movement. We, we've now added yearly subscriptions at a 10% discount. So these people have uh, subbed via year. So Owen, Richard, Joshua, thank you, and Edgar as well. Uh, the people who've upgraded, you get a shout out. Trevor, Ernie, Kyle, Miller, Jake, Jonathan. And then the new people who are just getting in. Pat, Frank, Kyle, Rory, Thomas, Robert, Byron, Kieran, and Ellie, or Eli, uh, all joining at the uh, the Joe Tweeds level. Is that what we're calling it now, officially, Dan? Uh, we'll come up with a better name. All right, all right. That, that's not a great, great in-the-moment thing you did there. Yeah. What? You're not an improv yeah, artist. Branding. All right, branding. fine, come fine. on. I'll, I'll stick to my notes. I'll stick to the script. Dan, over to you for the Apple Podcast Reviews. Well, we got two. We got Big Earn 2207, and then a really interesting one, Me Forget 14 from Canada with a five-star saying, a health dose of marriage advice, eating tips, and thrilling Broadway pieces. I like it when they read from the Bible. Also, they do it in funny accents. Keep it up. So maybe intended for us? I don't know. But if you want to leave a review <laughs> intended for London is Blue, you should go do that in Apple Podcasts so we can give you a shout-out at the beginning of the next episode. I genuinely don't care what it says. If you put five stars, write whatever you want. Doesn't matter. That's great. That works for me. I honestly am now racking my brain to figure out when the last time we read the Bible in a funny accent was, and I can't come up with it. So uh, anyways, Discord listeners on Twitter, find it and send it to us. I'd love to hear it. Uh, we put out so many episodes, I clearly have just forgotten. So uh, Nick, over to you for housekeeping, then we'll get into the match review. That's right. Uh, we're talking to our, our good friend, Matt Law, tomorrow morning early. Uh, very excited to kind of catch up with him on all the haps uh, going on at Chelsea. And then we did a thing, gentlemen. And by we, I mean definitely me. And Bruce, uh, we finally, 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 after about a thousand hours worth of work, uh, did our uh, did our little merch preview in Discord to a, a standing ovation, if I may say so myself. Incredible response uh, for for the work uh, that's been put in there. But we're gonna have merch at some point soon. We're very excited about this. It's been a long time coming. Uh, primarily due to laziness and my own schedule, but uh, we are going to have merch. It's going to be exciting, hopefully in a like couple weeks, two, three weeks, uh, depending on when Blue Wire can, can stand up their shop. And uh, yeah, if you are interested in seeing a sneak preview of said merch, hop on over to the old LIBP Plus on Patreon and uh, we'll get you, get you in. It was quite exciting. Um, so glad you could finally pump yourself up after that, Nick. Uh, turns out our new promotion plan is a minimum 12 and a half months of, of dripping and leading and teasing <laughs> Turn- to finally garner enough momentum. There were, look, there, there were so many people with negative impressions of me on the Discord. I just had to turn it around in one day, and I achieved it. So totally redeemed myself, folks. Totally redeemed myself. All right. Well, let's get into the match review. Uh, it was Newcastle in the Premier League on a Monday. Again, let me complain one more time on February Ooh. 15th. It was uh, at the bridge, thankfully. Chelsea 2, Newcastle nil. We're going to head it over to the fifth standout. Thanks to Chelsea for letting us use this content in our podcast. So again, it's just a friendly reminder. If you haven't downloaded it, go download it. The only official app from Chelsea FC. Let's hear the goals. It might not quite be spring, but there's certainly a spring in the step of Chelsea's players right now. Another victory, or even a draw, will move the Blues above flagging Liverpool and back into a Champions League place. Decent amount of height in the penalty area. Here's the corner. There's the header. Fantastic save. It was Azpilicueta who got it in. And... I'm not sure if 
Dwight Gale doesn't get this. Yeah, he does. Oh, he does, yeah. He stood right in the front. Yeah, there's no flag here. Tammy Abraham for Chelsea goes down. Referee says nothing doing. I'm not sure. Does he make contact with the ball? Is it the Sells who makes the challenge? Absolutely oh. zero because of the ball. Good run. Can he find some end product? Delivers really well and smashed yes. into the empty net by Olivier Giroud. Substitute on target, but full credit to Werner with a terrific assist. The Chelsea in front, bang on the half hour. Well, there you go. Don't smack Timo Werner in the mouth because that's what he does to you. Absolutely brilliant. Hebicic that's done very well. And he's got the ball back and he's looking to sneak it in for Werner. That would have been a magnificent goal. And he was only a whisker away. Just drifts over the crossbar, but lovely play by Chelsea. Chelsea have plenty forward. So it was towards Giroud and Werner. Yes. yes. And that was surely over the line, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. It's a tap in. He gets his goal. Chelsea's lead is doubled. And even this early in the match, Newcastle don't look like they have the stomach for a fight. 2-0 the Blues. He won't care how his goal comes. In by Fraser, that's not a bad header, and that's an excellent save by Kepa, because I reckon that was sneaking into the corner. It's a really good effort from Willock, because that's a top save. Yep, a very, very good display from Chelsea, and it's a victory that moves Chelsea into a Champions League place. They're back into the top four, and a victory for Chelsea. They beat Newcastle by two goals to nil. Uh, might surprise you that Olivier Giroud was the first one to score since he was not in the starting lineup, Dan. That is accurate. You know, the lineup consisted of a couple of interesting selections from our boy Tommy. So we had Kepa Aretha Blaga between the sticks. We had Rudiger, Christensen, and Aspilicueta as a back three. Midfield included Marcus Alonso, Jorginho, Mateo Kovacic, Callum Hudson-Odoi, and forwards of Tammy Abraham, Timo Werner, and Mason Mount. Substitutes that were unused. Edouard Mendy as a sub in the Premier League. Shocking. Kurt Zuma, Ben Chilwell, Emerson, Christian Pulisic, and Hakim Ziyech. Used substitutes were Olivier Giroud coming on for an injured Tammy Abraham, and Golo Kante, and Reese James. Well, that's interesting. Um, Nick... Chelsea kind of, or I guess Tuchel, you could say, kind of let the old powder keg on this one uh, with this lineup. Came out of nowhere. The responses, the reactions were voluminous, I would say. Um, mm. How surprised, upset, excited were you? Um, I, I was none of those things. I, I think the... <laughs> Are you still dead inside? Pretty much, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I... I was way more worried about getting merch live today than I was about this match because Newcastle, it turns out, are just god awful. So I think we could have, you know, we could have been the front three starting in this game and we would have had a couple of chances to score. Oh, uh, it, it was it was pretty bad. Um, I, I was I was curious at the Kepa selection and, and one might surmise that this was a reward for a couple of really good saves uh, he made in the FA Cup midweek. Um, but uh, Tuchel came out in the post-match press conference, reiterated that Mendy's the number one, uh, that he will be uh, back in between the sticks for the next match and kind of put the whole kibosh to that whole panic situation that people were, were going through. But 
Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a really – it's an interesting lineup. I mean, it's very clear that Jorginho and Kovacic are the two midfielders that will start. And Golo Conte is not preferred. Uh, Christian Pulisic is not preferred. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if Callum gets more time up front or if he's going to be a wing back with, with Reese kind of coming into form. Chilwell not preferred. I mean, that, you know, it's basically the opposite lineup that Frank Lampard would have picked, and I think it's freaking people out, and it's freaking me out a little bit. But um, as long as we keep winning, it'll it'll work for me. Oh, and I was gonna say, it's like Dan, how many lineups can he keep saying? Oh no, 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 you can't take anything out of this. Like, no, I'm just playing these guys for the sixth match in a row. But hey, don't read into it. I mean, he's got to run out of it that excuse soon. Sure. I mean, he's not hit double-digit games managed yet for Chelsea, so he's still in the new managerial phase. He's on an unbeaten run, so you get the luxury of not having to maybe answer some of those difficult questions. And look, we're not conceding a high volume of shots. We're not conceding quality shots when we do concede them. And, you know, the only person who's been able to score um, against Mendy was Antonio Rudiger. So um, look, these are all positive signs for us. And maybe it's still experimentation. Maybe it's still trying to kind of rotate and give some players some rest. Um, You know, he gave the the team two days off uh, heading into the weekend here against Southampton. And, you know, you've got Atletico Madrid coming up in the following week. And so, if you get the results, you know, a lot of the questions that we might ask in a podcast, if we had a draw or a loss, are questions that we don't have. Well, let's run through some of the stats and if we can get this conversation started here a little bit. Possession, Chelsea was 65%. Shots, 18 for Chelsea, 5 on target, but 10 for Newcastle, 4 on target. And I think that's circle that is one of my talking points. Uh, a lot of touches, a double the passes. We had 19 tackles there, 16. We had 16 clearances there, 18. We had 10 corners, which is wild, to their five. Uh, we didn't have any offsides there, too, and we conceded nine fouls to their 13. So the good old at XG philosophy tweeting, Chelsea 2.69 to Newcastle's .77. And a reminder, scoreline was 2 nothing. So... While maybe the the shots they're getting aren't very good, as Dan mentioned, I still think it's a, a, a bit of a worry that we're pretty much even on shots on target and some things like that in the last few matches. So let us go ahead and take our, our quick ad break, and we're back. Again, we're jumping right in to Timo Werner, Ali Giroud, Ole, Ole, Ole. Here we go. All right, Werner scores, Giroud scores, striker scoring for Chelsea in the Premier League for the first time. Since 2021 reared itself. Uh, how did Tuchel's team manage to make this happen? And I think, Nick, there's some things that we can go into. Because you love numbers. So there's these fun, these fun <laughs> tweets from Naz that, that help you, you know, frame your mind with said numbers. Shall I read them? If you must. Oh, okay. Wonderful. 14 games, 31 shots, 100 days, 1,000 minutes of action without a goal. Timo's Ver- Timo Werner's goal drought has ended just in time for uh, to bounce Chelsea into the top four. It is the first time in two months that the Blues are in the Champions League spots. Uh, Tuchel going from 10th to 4th. Now, that 10th is a little misleading. I think we were 10th for about 10 minutes, but, like, fair enough, whatever. Um, this was a shock factor tweet. Naz pulled out yeah, it all was, of he the was, punches. He was looking at minutes, like, oh, they were 10th yep. from the 93rd to the 95th Good minute. Good for you, Naz. This, yep, well done. 
Uh, hey, and then, great, great engagement. You look at those retweet numbers, full. those like numbers. Woo. I'd love to have them. Um, that's Timo Werner's 10th goal of the season, by the way. There's also nine assists and seven penalties, one on his record. So that is the the long and short on the stats. Uh, Dan and I had a spirited debate, um, which I told Dan <laughs> to fuck off um, once and a lot in my head, actually, uh, earlier today. Uh, and then the bonus note, Dan, all Chelsea strikers over 10-plus goals this season in all comps. Uh, now, to be fair, we've had some just ludicrously easy Champions League matches that we played. Yeah. But, you know, fair enough. Like, that, all comps is all comps. Yeah. And, you know, we've kind of been banging the drum maybe for the past couple of seasons when we've done this show that, like, you need everyone on your team to be scoring and contributing if you mm-hmm. want to challenge for multiple competitions. And so if Giroud is scoring, if Tammy is scoring, and obviously we don't know what state his injury is in yet, and that could be a really big problem considering oh. that we've got a, a tough run coming up and, and none of them have seemingly been able to score at the same time. So Drew and Werner both scoring today two big, big thumbs up on that one. But ultimately you, you need them scoring in concert with one another. And so this is a really positive sign, particularly that, you know, Werner also helped work the goal and got, you know, got it into Drew for the, you know, for his goal. And so, I mean, no, definitely others, right? Asby played a part in that. Mount played a part in it. Uh, Callum played a part in delivering that. It was definitely a team goal execution. But I think in general, we're, we're seeing uh, a Werner now who looks more confident, looks, you know, just as hungry as he was when he started. And finding a goal today, man, I, it, it was going to be so terrible if it got waved off for that the hand kind of situation. <sighs> And you saw Giroud with the, the wet, waving the finger like, uh-uh-uh, you are not doing this to my boy. You are not doing this to my boy. <laughs> I it, it was it was almost miraculous that he pulled his hand out in time, though. Because, I mean, it would, like, the slow-mo replay, you're like, ball's going to hit it, ball's going to hit it. And then he goes, whoop. <laughs> Just right, like, incredible physics uh, from our, our boy Giroud. Uh, look, I mean, Giroud... Played heads up on his goal. It was nothing special. He was just in the right place at the right time, right? The goalkeeper kind of pawned it out to him. But it's a really important goal for him. You know, he, he kind of was the hot you know, the hot hand for a little while and then kind of went off the boil in the last couple of matches that he played. And, you know, let's let's not forget that, you know, his one of his last appearances, I think, was one of his worst in a Chelsea shirt. He couldn't get the ball. He couldn't pass the ball. And those are two things that he's really, really good at typically. So I think that was a, a confidence-building goal for him. And then, look, for Werner, bungle it over the line, hit it in with your butt. It doesn't matter. Right? It has to go in. And I'm, I'm really happy for him that it did go in. My issue is not with Timo Werner, the person or the player. My issue is with the argument around some of our peripheral players at Chelsea right now. And there are some people who are more than happy to forgive the 31 shots without a goal and and look at someone like Christian Pulisic or look at someone like Tammy Abraham or look at someone like, I don't know, pick a midfielder, Mason Mount. Hmm, that's a good one to pick. Uh, and and slate them for the exact same thing while willing to be they're they're willing to give Timo Werner the benefit of the doubt because he's scored goals before. And that's fine. That's fine. Like I I think it's stupid. I think it's incredibly stupid, especially around Pulisic and Mount, who have been kind of the featured boo boys lately. But 
it is crazy to me that people are okay with those numbers and, and are celebrating his one goal today and are not willing to give other players a chance to do the exact same. I think it is absolutely ridiculous. And so, again, my argument with Dan today is not really around Timo Werner. It's around the larger argument at Chelsea Football Club and the need for shots to go in. Mason Mount missed another clear-cut chance today, mm -hmm. and he'll know that, right? It's kind of the same goal that he netted a couple days ago. Uh, but I, I just, I, it's, this frustrates me to no end. I'm happy for Timo. I hate the other conversation around it. Well, there, there, I think there's that conversation. There's the conversation about the, the rumor of like, oh, Ziyech is unhappy now. He wants to leave. You know, all these kind of situations that, you know, are just, they're, they're unnecessary narrative, right? The ultimate goal is fielding the best possible 11 of players to execute and, you know, it seemingly is a narrative conversation of, you know, the people who are really appreciative of like Mason jump in and defend him, you know, in a situation like we could say Mason probably did not have his best game in a Chelsea shirt. I did enjoy no. him giving John Joe Shelby a little bit of shoving and pushing around. That was very nice. Um, but, you know, his, his shots need to be converted. Same with Callum. You know, Callum got into one or two positions today where he probably could have done better, didn't need to maybe necessarily lay it off. Obviously, people also should run onto his crosses <laughs> so he can take advantage of his amazing speed to get to the byline at times. But, you know, I think to your, to your point about Werner, to kind of bring it back, is just that, you know, he has maybe more so than, than Christian. And, like, I think Christian is maybe the one that gets, you know, kind of highlighted specifically. It's like... You know, he's also providing, you know, more assists, right? Like he's provided five assists in the league to Christian's one. Like, so th there are some other things that he's been providing in addition to the, the goal drought. Like the goal drought was real, but like the, you know, the reality is, is that Vern was also finding ways, even when not being, you know, kind of used, you know, used appropriately, which I don't think is a fair argument at all. Um, it was still finding a way to contribute. I yeah look I, I just it drives me bonkers right it, Timo has been given the benefit of the doubt every step of the way this year again that is fine I have no issue if that's the premise and we're going with those of those that's a fact he's getting the benefit of the doubt even when he's not performing like oh he's gonna come good next time he's gonna come good next time he's gonna come good next time that's what people have been doing this entire time I have no problem with that let's let's support the guy we then can't look at Christian Pulisic and go bum should be benched. They're going through the same thing. <laughs> They're going through the same thing. Now, Timo's numbers from earlier in the season, Brandon, are, are better because Christian wasn't there playing. He was injured. And Christian's injury record is a whole other thing. So, like, fair enough. If you're down on him for that, that's fine. Whatever. It's a little ridiculous to me, but that's fine. I just, you're looking at the same set of facts. We have to apply them in the same way. It is crazy to me that people forget what Pulisic did for us last year and, and just kind of write that off. Yeah, so Timo Werner runs away on this team with the expected goals this season. So to, to Nick's point, he should have scored a lot more than he has. He's got four goals, five assists. His expected goals are 7.5. And that's non-penalty expected goals, by the way. Um. If you want Christian Pulisic, he's had a rough run. He's got one goal, one assist. You know, Tammy had, he essentially spent the first half of the season with a couple goals. Recently, he's racked up a bunch of assists, right? So his are, he's like an accordion. Get a couple, dry spell. Get a couple, dry spell. Hopefully not this time. Um, so it, 
he's he is producing. Tammy Abraham six goals, one assist. Jorginho five goals, one assist. All five goals are penalty goals. <laughs> that's that's Dan's favorite right there. That's so the worst. Tammy's God. Tammy's the leader for Premier League goals with six. Jorginho five, which is hilarious. It could have been what seven, eight. How many did he miss mm-hmm. this season? Uh, Timo Werner with four. Zuma with four. See is Kurt Missy already. Uh, then Mason and Olivier Giroud with three. So. Um, but like I said, from an expected goals and a, a non-penalty expected goals, Timo Werner absolutely runs away with it. Um, on the creation side of it, you know, all he had to do was get punched in the face a couple times today, and he just finally got mad enough and 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 shook it off and made it happen. I I don't know, but I mean, what did, was it? A hat trick against Southampton, or was it two uh, goals against no, Southampton? No, he got two, two, two goals. Two. It was a brace. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So half of his goals came in that one match. I'd argue that his his assist number is far more impressive than his goal number. Five? Like, yeah. I, I think I think he does like if you can give him credit for anything throughout this very, very, very bad run that he's had, and again, I want him to do better. I want him to score. I'm not anti Timo Werner. I think we just have to apply the logic appropriately. Let's look at a guy who who is struggling and still trying to do things for the team, even when he's playing really, really bad. And say, man, those assists are crucial. That's really good. I like what I like what I'm seeing there. I like the first move where he got in, you know, he started to take people on more recently, which is helpful, right? He started getting to the end line more. That's great. His his ball in with his left, which is not his dominant foot, great ball. I love that. Like that to me is impressive, even without the the goals coming uh through. But his shot conversion is just terrible. And well, my ar- my argument to to everyone who's listening to this who thinks I'm anti Timo Werner, you can't be a volume shooter in the Premier League. You really you can't. Like you you have to up the conversion on these shots. Uh, there there is no one. I don't think there's anyone in the Premier League who's a starting striker who's a who's a, a high um, a high ta- a shot a shot taker essentially without conversion. I'll I'll look that up and verify, but my guess is they all have a conversion rate that's pretty reasonable. And if he did have a conversion rate that was reasonable, he'd have more than seven point five goals expected. I guarantee that. I he mean, has there's a like point point zero eight goals per shot with Chelsea right now. Point zero eight at Leipzig last season. Point two one. Point one six. Point one two. Point two six. So he's. A little under a third of what he was doing. New league, new team, you know, like that. those are all fair things. So he's 8% of his shots are converted? Yes. Your, your, your current expected goal leaders just um, per 90 right now in the Premier League. Jamie Vardy, 0.81. Actually, then a huge <laughs> drop off. Mo Salah, 0.58. Bamford, 0.56. Uh, Mape 0.55 and then Harry Kane 0.53. Yeah, and that's what the elite I mean, that's basically your elite list, right? I mean, those are your top goal scorers, and and I think those who you would want on your team to convert. I mean, Vardy's is stupid. I I do not understand that. He does one thing, it's incredible, but yeah, I mean, that it can't be eight percent, it has to be closer to 30 40 percent. Hell, I'd take. 20%. He'd, he'd have eight goals or, or something there or thereabouts with 
Yeah, the only interesting outliers like um, Human Song is at 13 goals, uh, but expected 0.33 goals uh, per 90 minutes. So he's kind of a, an interesting case. Um, and then actually Zaha with nine goals at 0.33. Zaha's always a mystery in these. Always. <laughs> He's always a mystery. But, I mean, I hope people understand what I'm saying. The conversion is not good enough. He has to up that. If he does up that, the amount of chances that he has been given this year would suggest that he would he would bag 20 by the end of the year. Yeah. Like, I mean, really. Well, look, then I don't have to fly to Denver, so that'd be kind of cool. Um, <laughs> oh, have to. Yeah, I know. So Christian's played 961 minutes in the Premier League. Timo Werner's played 1,650 so a little less than double. Obviously, Christian injuries. But I think I kind of touched on this before, and I think we need to move on. Um, I think Timo's getting a lot longer leash because of his price tag, even though his price tag wasn't much more than Christian's, was it? For whatever reason. I think they're I, about the same. He came in with bigger expectations and a higher ceiling, whereas Christian was more raw potential at that point. Sure. Maybe, but I you just feel like He's getting a different treatment, um, you know, than than Christian. But you know, maybe we're just American biasy, and we have to get over it. It's also been available for almost every game except one with this dead leg in the last match. Like the you know, you know, to the the point that Nick made, like the availability piece is just in, actually insane. Like I can't believe that he has continued to run at the rate that he has, and but that's why he's a professional footballer, and I'm not. <laughs> well, there's still levels between the two. I wonder if there's uh I can see how much he's ran. I don't know. That might be like a wild wild stat that HBR H or FB ref can can pull out but um miscellaneous stats not nah, no no anyways. All right, doesn't matter. So let's go ahead and move on to the midfield maestro that had himself a game and earned lots of plaudits. What worked well for the Italian midfielder Dan Jorginho? Oh wait, no. Croatian, Croatian midfielder. You're trying to make it like I put an error in the script there. And I actually will tell you that we're almost half over half an hour into this. And I have not sabotaged you once. Actually, you did. I just fixed them in the beginning. You had us playing at Oakwell and beating uh, (laughs) whoever the fuck we played one nothing. So anyways, your turn, Dan. Croatian, you think you think that Mateo Kovacic had himself a night? Yeah, it was a, uh, actually a really impressive game. I thought that, you know, look, I, I think definitely tell two halves, right? Like the first half, Newcastle had an expected, you know, their XG was 0.16, right? And we had already gone over the two. We had scored our two goals. Um, pretty comfortable second half where we really didn't have to do too much. And, you know, you probably could have, you know, if you were enjoying yourself at home with a beverage, probably could have enjoyed a few more beverages because you wouldn't have missed a whole lot from a structural standpoint, but he was, he was fantastic. You know, had really great passes, moved the ball forward, um, moved into the final third a little bit more, which is nice to see. Like this is, this is some of the pieces that was missing from his game and part of it down to maybe how the the entire team was playing, but Kovacic going forward and getting into more dangerous places means that we can push the entire defense back and then gives you more players who might potentially be in the box, be out and available on the wings who can then cross into the box. It gives you more options. And so ultimately, Kovacic is actually doing more to enable play 
than maybe Jorginho is right now. And that's a, a really, really wonderful thing. And so I'm very happy about this. I'm happy with this version of Mateo Kovacic. All he needs to do is figure out how to shoot. You know, he's uh, he's 26. There's still time before you peak in football, <laughs> Nick. And uh, if he can figure that out, you know, Real Madrid would want to buy it back for 100 million pounds. Wow. Did you really just put Kovacic in front of Jorginho on your, your depth board, Dan? Wow. Yep. Sticking the neck out. There's a, an article, I think, in The Athletic about how he's basically going to be immovable under Tuchel. And uh, it, it was a it was a really solid read. I got through about half of it before coming on the on the pod tonight. But it does make the point that his his ball carrying and I think his acceleration today was a little surprising to me. He was able to wriggle out of some really tight spaces, especially once Newcastle started pressing and advance the ball forward with speed that I haven't seen from him in a long time. Um, it seemed like he was more confident. I mean, he certainly got the ball at the top of the box a couple times and took some wayward shots, which are, you know, fair enough. I don't think we expect him to score. But it's been over a year since he's scored a goal as well. I think the commentary said December of 2019 was his last his last goal, and I I think that's accurate. I think that's... Maybe, God, was that Everton? Maybe I think it was. Anyway, it was either Everton or Valencia last year. Except those are the only three goals he scored. But um, it's he's he's going to be interesting to watch because I think he's been good since Tuchel came in, and it's surprising that him and Jorginho have been able to kind of rekindle their previous partnership. I I just. He has not been like a 90-minute player at Chelsea ever since he got here under Sarri. I mean, he's usually the first one subbed or, or injured or whatever. And and so far, he seemed to be pretty stable. So that, that's an encouraging sign. Uh, I'm hopeful that he can continue this. I mean, 96% pass accuracy is ridiculous uh, for as many passes as he attempted and completed today. And the ball recoveries, too, I think, on the defensive side, putting in some hard work, uh, that that is a, a noteworthy thing to me, Dan. So uh, I, you know, I, I give all credit to him. I think that he was the probably the best player on the field for me today. Well, I think the situation previously had always been that when the substitute was happening under under Sari or others, is it was always Kovacic for Barkley and then Barkley for Kovacic, right? You were getting the... I need to go for a more attacking option or I need to go for a more defensive option. And you're making a opposite switch. And, you know, you could say that maybe N'Golo would be the most comparable in terms of like, like for like swap on this rotation. But we saw today that, you know, it was Mason who was the one who came off out of a midfield position who maybe wasn't again, having the the best game today. Uh, N'Golo Conte comes in beaming with the world's biggest million dollar smile in the world, just happy to play the game. Um, and Kovacic stays on. And so it, it seemed to indicate to me that we were comfortable. We really wanted to kind of get more control back. You know, that was kind of the point in the game where we were, you know, turning it over a little bit more. We were just you know moving a little bit slower on the ball. We were getting pressed more heavily. You know, Jorginho was getting pressed in particular, and uh, he is not the most press-resistant individual in the Premier League, Brandon. And so that stability was nice, and Kovacic was a part of what really gave our midfield stability today, which, again, if he can continue this form uh, to next point, may be immovable out of the lineup. 
So I was looking at his kind of player profile again on FBref, which is my new favorite website. Um, Thank goodness you gave up who scored. Thank goodness. Well, you know, I still use them for their, um, uh, not indefensible, but they're just uh, infallible man of the match scores that they give out. So uh, don't worry. Terrible. I still got them in my back pocket. But you look at Kovacic, look, he's bang average or worse at scoring. Like he, his, his, it's just not good, but passes attempted pass completion, progressive passes, progressive carries dribbles really strong, like 90th percentile and above. Um, but he doesn't get in either box defensively. He doesn't get in the box attacking. He doesn't get in their box. Um, from a defensive standpoint, he's all right at pressuring. He's loves the tackle. He can put him in. Uh, he's okay. Intercepting, but he's terrible at blocks and clearances. And obviously aerials one. So like, He's a very specific player. And one thing that we've complained about a little bit right now is that our midfield is short. Like, whether it's Jorginho, Kovacic, Mount, N'Golo Kante, Billy Gilmore, we have a short pair in the midfield. Um, but one of the things I really enjoy looking at with this website, they have the similar players, right? So they can they consider him similar to Thiago Contra, who is huge praise before he came to Liverpool, Really not been that exciting. Not saying that in comparison to uh, to Kovacic, uh, Verratti, right? And then another name that's becoming more and more interesting with Chelsea's Eduardo Camavinga. So again, things to think about is statistically and stylistically he fits into these roles. I think it's crazy out of nowhere that he's the immovable object in that midfield out of all the people. But damn, can he progress the ball? The problem is. He's horrible in our defensive box, and he's horrible in the offensive box. Everything in between, though, Kova's on it. The the middle 60%. It is interesting, though, right? And I think Tuchel, the more that he is put in charge of these lineups and the more that he selects Kovacic and Jorginho, I think the... uh, the more interesting his N'Golo Conte problem is going to be. I don't think he knows where to play him. He said that he's a double six, and I believe him. That's what he wants to play. Essentially, the midfield pivot is is what he means by double six. But N'Golo has not looked good for a couple of months now, to be fair. Uh, he seemed to be really doing okay in that, in that deep-lying role at the start of the season, kind of playing back to his world-class level. And he, Tuchel has repeatedly said that he's like, he's the guy. Like, I love him. I've always wanted to manage him. I've, you know, just lavishing praise on him, except he doesn't play him. <laughs> so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Like, obviously, Kovacic and Jorginho have been performing well. This is nothing against them. But, you know, he he's going to have a problem heaping praise on every player who's not playing and then not playing them. Well, here's the thing. If you if he plays N'Golo Conte, his next two and a half matches, he will surpass the total minutes he played all of last season. You know, so he's he was at 1,700 minutes last year. He's over 1,500 minutes this year. So, which is great. That means he's been available more. It means he's got a cleaner bill of health, which is what we like to see. But we also know he has to be managed a little bit differently because – Unfortunately, he is not the unbreakable man anymore, which is a sad realization, I think, for all of us to to have. But, you know, you want to 
you know, save him potentially, you know, can you, you know, against a Southampton team that, you know, challenged us <laughs> as recently as this year uh, and maybe not be on the best run of form, but might be, you know, someone we want to kind of, you know, keep in mind. And then we've got Atletico right after that. So if he can get him 30 minutes, 60 minutes off, you know, against this match, against a Newcastle team without Callum Wilson might've been the, the calculus there. Yeah. I mean, let's just say this. This Newcastle team was as bad as we've seen an opponent this year. They were terrible. They did not have any real sniff at goal. They didn't have really any structure to their play. This was a bad team. If you could ever, you know, have a makeshift lineup against a team, you would hope that it would be against this Newcastle team. They're, I think they're going to go down. Like that's, that's how I feel about Newcastle right now. I think Fulham are going to catch them and surpass them. Hell yeah. Well, well, shit, if Fulham keep doing what they just did, I mean, they they might actually, I mean, I don't think Sheffield can pull the reverse, but Fulham maybe, question mark? I, uh. I think I think Fulham, <laughs> look, Fulham have been playing people tough for over two months now. This is not a recency bias thing. We got lucky to get away with a 1-0 against them, if you remember all the way back to when Lampard was our manager. And they played Liverpool tough at home. They've played everybody tough. Uh, that that team looks like it's going places, and Newcastle looks like it's going down. Look, I, we need to be able to go back to London next season and catch a match at Craven Cottage, and we need to be able to continue to get uh, the streets mashups with Scott Parker. And that only happens if they stay in the Premier League. So make it happen. I mean, we could go to Fulham even if they're in the Championship. We've done it before, Dan. Yeah, it's only more fun if they're, you know, it's a, a, a Fulham Derby. More more fun is more expensive. So, uh, anyways, we don't need to worry about Fulham and Newcastle right now. They are in our rearview mirror, uh, kind of like this podcast is about to be. So, Dan of the Match, I'm proud of you, Dan. You actually picked four names this time. I did. Four players, four real people who play for Chelsea. And it was Callum Hudson-Odoi, Keppa, uh, both with uh, single-digit responses. Hudson-Odoi with 2%, Keppa with 3%. Kovacic with 40%. And then Timo Werner, 55%. Your Dan of the match. Look, you get a goal and assist, hard not to win. Was that... Hold up. Is that an official assist? There's no way. And even if it is, that's not a real assist. He <laughs> hit it into the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper palmed it out. Giroud scored it. Am and look, I crazy? Am, like, I'm not, I'm not anti-Timo. I'm just saying, am I crazy? Like, if the goalkeeper palms it out to you, the player who gets the... He created the, the, created the chance. I mean, if it smashed off the post and someone finishes it, I don't know. Officially, uh, my line to you is, I don't know. I think... By the way, the best part about that was uh, Mason Mount hurling himself into absolute peril and danger to force that, you know, mistake. But uh, I did, did, did not register as an official assist. That's but, what I know, thought. That's I'm going to give it to him anyway. I'm, I'm happy Nick, to give it. He made bias. He showing up again. He created the play. Congratulations to him. That's not an official assist. If I hit it against the goalkeeper's face and it goes to Giroux, I don't get an assist for that. I shouldn't. That doesn't make any sense. The ball was traveling a whole different other direction. All right. Well, 
That's that my flag, ruling. That flag's been planned. Boom. Um, some of the results from the weekend. I mean, Nick, you're, you've you've been watching more matches than the rest of us, so I feel like this is really your time to shine here. Yeah, I look. I, I'm a degenerate. I watch a lot of football. Um, if you watch Brighton Villa, then I'm gonna actually need to come down and like. I I did some grocery shopping during Brighton Thank Villa. Gosh. Um, so that, yeah, Good that man. that in the liquor store had to make a stop before it got to be negative twenty five or whatever it is now. Uh, but that was a nil-nil that actually uh, Brighton should have won. They were uh, quite good. Villa were terrible. So that's that's points drop for Villa. That's great. Uh, West Ham just throttling Sheffield today. That wasn't really that close. Sheffield had a couple of chances, but they look uh, they look like they're going down. Uh, Southampton continuing their slide just in time for Chelsea, uh, for, for them to resurrect themselves against us next weekend. Um, then we have, let's see, West Brom drawing Manchester United. Get in, Sam Allardyce, you son of a bitch. I love it. Uh, Arsenal throttling leads because you can't predict the leads result this season. And then Fulham throttling Everton. I know it's a 2-0 scoreline, but Fulham completely and utterly dominated that game. And that's a huge result because Everton, much like Villa, have those games in hand. And Everton plays City this week. Turns out City's quite good um, as they throw out Spurs 3-0. Uh, and then you burn, Burnley 3-0 over Palace. I didn't know they were capable of scoring three goals. Uh, but this brings us to the results of the weekend, which is Liverpool going up a goal and then conceding three against Leicester to complete their slide. I got laughed out of the room and on Twitter a couple weeks ago when I said that West Ham is looks more threatening than Liverpool right now. I I hope people are coming around to my thinking because Liverpool is just in, in tatters. There's rumors that Klopp's going to leave at the end of the season and that their band might be breaking up altogether. They're on a terrible, terrible run of form. I think they've lost three, at, three in a row at home and about the same on the road. We've surpassed them in the table, which is unthinkable compared to where we were a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Dan, I don't know what you think about these results, but the, the ones that stick out were... Everton, Fulham, and Leicester, Liverpool. Well, Nick, first off, make sure you flash the receipts because uh, you deserve that for calling out. I think Gay, you know, Moises, West Ham, which are just They're absolutely flying. a on a tear. Uh, really, really kind of special. I think the Fulham team with Maja coming in is is interesting. I don't think Mitrovic is going to make his way back into that side. Uh, it's nice too because I think that's going to give Ruben a little bit more opportunity to have someone who he can actually play off of, <laughs> yeah. um, which is, you know, nice. Uh, and then, you know, Connor had, had a pretty good game against Man United as well. Uh, Connor Gallagher, one of our loanies. Yeah. Had, had the assist for the goal. So, um, and, and that was a, you know, United took a long time to get back into that game. <laughs> can I quickly say Harry Maguire, who, by the way, if you haven't seen the account, Harry Maguire pointing at things, you have to go follow that. <laughs> it is hilarious. Harry Maguire goes on the interview after and says, no one could come in here and create 10 chances against West Brom. Literally, the previous 10 opponents have gone into West Brom and created 10 chances. Can't can't make this shit up. It's incredible from Harry Maguire. Um, City are going to win the title incredibly comfortably. Yeah. That's all over but the crying. Um, however, I think these other spots are going to get real interesting. This account is... Everything you needed. Oh, it's incredible. Harry Maguire pointing Brandon, at things. 
Brandon Brendan Busby checking a, a live Twitter account read, which is the most thrilling podcast radio we can produce. This I'm confirming for the people, so you're welcome. I vetted it for you. You can trust it maker. <laughs> I mean, Dan, you know no one likes you, right? Especially Lucy on Twitter. <laughs> Anyway, so the table as it stands, uh, City Flying Form, 53 points, uh, ship the title over there. Man United continuing the the fall down, Uh, 46 points. They've won one of their last five. They've got, what, drawn three, won one, lost one, so they're pretty shocking. Uh, Leicester City third, also on 46 points. Very interesting form. And Chelsea out of nowhere, undefeated in the last five. Only us and City undefeated, except we have four wins to draw. City are a clean sweep on the five wins. So the form table, we're looking real good. All right. Uh, West Ham are now fifth. They've only got one loss in their last five. Liverpool in sixth. Defending champions, Liverpool... It's just funny. Down to sixth, 40 points. So they are now two points off us. Everton, I think they play soon. Everton in Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, they're on 37 points down in seventh. Uh, Villa down 36. Tottenham ninth, 36. Right there belong. Tottenham, they've lost four out of the last five. They're terrible. They Rainier look real bad. Yeah. I, it's, I, I, you know, he'll and he didn't even wait to season three or four. Well, I... I I don't think they want to pay his clause, so they'll wait till the end of the season, and then they'll just let him go. That's how you know you're a small club. You can't uh, sack your manager midseason and pay the dues. <laughs> it, it is important to note, though, uh, because I'm lo- I really look at Everton and Villa as two threats to like jump up because of their games in hand. But Everton plays City and Liverpool next. Next two uh, games. And and they're they're kind of they're a weird yolo yo yo not yolo uh, yo yo club right now, <laughs> but kind of both actually. Um, and then Villa I think have Leicester, yeah. So yeah, on Sunday. So hopefully, just draws across the board. I want draws. Everyone draws while we win. I'm fine <laughs> if City that's win. I, care. I mean, they'll just sprint to the finish. Like whatever, as long oh, as they yeah, take I'm, points off everybody. Yeah, sure. And, and then um, I think I think that is like the key for us because, like, you look at this. We have some. We have a really really hard close of the season, so we need to get very well cemented heading into mm-hmm. April. Comfortable. Oh, big we time. We need to be comfortable by then. Arsenal tenth. Uh, here's one for you on the opposite end of the form table. Southampton in thirteenth. They've lost five in a row, which means they're <laughs> of due. Of course. <laughs> Or they're just terrible. It could be one or the other. We'll have to see. But, yeah, we obviously play Southampton on Saturday before we turn around and play Atletico, like Dan was talking about earlier, uh, as Champions League resumes next week. But we are playing at a uh, an alternate site, so that's interesting. Anyways, at the bottom, Sheffield are still Sheffield in 20th. West Brom are in 19th. Fulham are in 18th. Uh, seven points Nick is the gap that seven, eight points between Burnley and Newcastle for Fulham. So it's definitely not going to be an easy crawl out of that hole, but uh, we'll have to see what they can do. Yeah. Fulham, they'll have a game in hand on Newcastle and they play twice before Newcastle plays Manchester United at the weekend. Cause they have a game to make up. So we're getting to the point of the, the season where everyone's making up their games in hand. Mm-hmm. So hopefully by mid March, everyone's playing the same amount of games 
or is on the same amount of games every week, which is great. Yeah. All right, last but certainly not least, uh, Chelsea women, Bristol City versus Chelsea uh, was on Sunday. So you're actually able to watch both teams play unobstructed, which doesn't always happen. Uh, Nailbiter, in case you missed it, Bristol City nil. All right, uh, Chelsea women five. Outperforming their XG 0.2 for Bristol to 3.6 for Chelsea. Emma Hayes doing the damn business, rotating like a boss, didn't even blink, Dan. Didn't even fill out an entire bench. Shouldn't have to worry about it. Uh, look, it's it's just continued dominance from the the mm-hmm. Chelsea women team. And Fran had a phenomenal game. And actually, actually got pulled. I think you know. Look, you're trying to keep all your players healthy. You've got a lot of games coming up. She's on a hat trick. I know. It, it felt so wrong. It felt so wrong to have Sear get yanked before the Hattie because uh, it, it would have come. It would have. She come got to walk game. off to a standing ovation that was virtual. Clapped <laughs> clapped her off the pitch. Uh. But it's a great game. Overall, great game. Um, you know, look, Bristol are not the uh, no, nowhere near the best team. A uh, one, three, and ten record in the WSL. In fact, so they're the worst were... team. I, I think they're the worst team, actually. I'm trying to be polite, Nick. Uh, yeah. you know, it's not, not someone's got to like suck. Somebody, Nick. <laughs> wow, Nick. My, suck. This is competitive sports. It happens. All right, yeah. Yeah, Nick. My favorite part about this here. Here are the combinations. Uh, first goal, Kirby assist Kerr. Second goal, Harder assist Ingle. Third goal, Best Kirby assist. assist England. Well, she's a midfielder, that's why. But then you get Kerr returning the favor by Beth England, and then you get Beth England scoring her own. All of the attackers are combining with each other. You only had one midfielder <laughs> providing an assist. Literally, at this point, you throw the ball up there, and you let that front three just go dance. It, it is, it's cr- like the amount of riches that this team has when everyone's healthy and they're all playing together. You know, this was not always the case. They struggled earlier this year to figure out how to, how to move together as a unit, but man, if it's not fun to watch, it is so interesting. They don't really have a set formation up front. It's an amorphous blob. Kirby popped up on the left. She popped up on the right. She played through the middle Kerr can play wherever. Harder can play wherever. England can play wherever, although she prefers kind of that, you know, the main striker role. This is interesting. And and Dan's point about Sophie Ingle having the best assist. Sophie Ingle may be Chelsea's player of the season, and she won't be the, the FAWSL player of the year. It Like, that's the crazy part. Sophie Ingle is super underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, just signed an extension. Oh man! And so it's it's just really these guys are are humming. Add that Dan to the fact that Manchester City blew the doors off of Manchester United in the Manchester Derby, and that puts City second and United third now after after kind of a weird run where United was top. Interesting, interesting weekend. Well, it is too, and you consider that you know City also like our you know our team uh, score for fun, you know. So our goal difference is plus thirty nine. Their goal difference is, is plus thirty five. Uh, you know they're they're in a uh, last five. They're, they're five wins in a row. Uh, we have the obviously the one loss in there. So we've, we're restarting our uh, you know thirty plus game unbeaten slash win streak uh, and, and getting that done in good form. But yeah, it's going to be tight. You know, City still have a game in hand, um, so they've got one to make up here. But even with that, um, 
that game in hand, you know, we, we were still ahead. So, you know, we, we are in the driver's seat. We are definitely the individuals who can take it to completion. And look, if, you know, the, the thing that I think is so great, Brandon, is like, look, Frank Kirby is having an amazing season. You know, she was the, the player of the month. She contributed two goals in this game. You know, she is finding, I think, every bit of form she had kind of pre-injury, pre-timeout, and, and then some. Like, it's just a whole other level. Um, I, was, I was tweeting with our buddy Adi, and uh, he was saying, like, yeah, the, the Guardian had their, like, top 100, you know, footballers lists. And, you know, we have 11 of them and the best one Fran Kirby uh, wasn't even playing last year. And so now, <laughs> now you've got a 12 person squad of some of the best in the world. Like just watch out. Yeah. Emma, Emma Hayes is taking absolutely no prisoners. Um, I didn't even get into the statistics, but just trust me, it was an ass open 25 shots, nine on target, <laughs> um, 700 passes. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's it a great all the way, all around the way. Uh, don't know where to go other than just nonstop, just praising and applause. Obviously, they had the blip a couple weeks ago. Um, the reaction has been amazing. So crush Arsenal, crush Bristol. Yeah. Onward. Uh, any concerns? No. Got it. Next. So, anyways, they're human. That's fair. Uh, Dan, last you, and then we are out. Yeah, you know, just some, some really cool uh, after the game, right? You know, so professional footballers, you know, maybe want to take a, a few minutes off, spend time with family, do something else. Uh, no, Pernilla Harder and uh, <laughs> Magda drop on to social media with uh, some pretty nice kind of commentary. Uh, obviously, for those who don't know, um, they are partners, and they kind of talked about the, you know, on Valentine's Day, uh, Pernilla's tweet specifically here, uh, to come out to feel natural to anybody and likewise be accepted by everyone. Uh, for those that's like hours, uh, we'll be on our open DMs for any of the struggles to come out, wants to know about our experiences, look for good advice on Valentine's Day. Um, they both posted something similar to that. Uh, it was pretty wonderful. Uh, in general, 99.99% of people left amazing responses. Uh, and then to the you know 0.1% of people who didn't, uh, Pernilla was very quick to say, uh, we don't need you here. You can leave, which was also wonderful. Um, so yeah, this was just uh, great to see and great to point out. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a masterclass in what empathetic leadership looks like. Uh, these guys obviously have gone through something that um, is difficult and came out the other side stronger for it and uh, are in a loving, committed relationship, which, you know, I mean, God forbid they would they would do such a crazy thing as that. Um, but I, I mean, to open up your DMs, people who are struggling uh, in a year where everybody's you know, been struggling, uh, I think was, was a really cool thing. And I think it is an example of what to do with social media and just a huge credit. I mean, Emma Hayes came out after the game and said that Magda Erickson is going to be the, uh, manager of, of Chelsea women someday. Um, hopefully not too soon, but, uh, she's, she's that kind of a person. She's that kind of a leader. So like, I mean, to, everyone knows our stance on this stuff, but like, this is, this is one of those things that you just have to call out and be really happy for these guys on. It's, it's great. All right. Look, hope you enjoyed this one. All positive, all good vibes all the way around. Chelsea women crushing, uh, Chelsea men back in the top four. I remember at one point we were top of the table for a day. So, ah, memories, memories. Uh, what a fun time. All right. Well, that's going to wrap us up everybody. Thank you so much. 
maybe, you know, like Nick plugged, he might want to go join our Discord and see the merch drop that uh, he teased. It's finally here. It's real. A lot of really cool feedback. Maybe you want to check out that Tweeds article. There's everything you want in a community there. Go check it out. But that's going to wrap us up. Uh, what, we have a whole week off? Kind of feels a little bit weird. Maybe well, we'll take I mean, a couple of days off like Tuchel gave the squad, huh? Except that we're going to be back tomorrow morning. <sighs> yeah, that's right. Good. Yeah. Well, we're not taking the days off. We're still putting in the work. So thank you for supporting us and following us. We appreciate all of you. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do? Keep the blue flag flying high.